All right, folks, good morning, good morning, good morning. This is episode 268 of the First in Frame Rate Show. I am VF Baller, and uh, just chugging right along. Another week is almost uh, in the books. It is Thursday, um, and, you know, just making content in this fashion just does make the week feel like it, it just flows a lot better. And it seems like the, you know, just the the week goes by a little bit faster and uh, uh hopefully that's the case for you i hope hopefully everything is going well for you this week um, you know throughout the you know week you got to work and all this other stuff and uh, and or if you're in school and it's it it gets kind of hectic sometimes but it's thursday it's almost friday so with that being said hopefully everything has um worked out for you so far so good for me i cannot complain i can't complain um like I said, today is 268, uh, the episode of the first and primary show. And we're just going to just talk n- nothing in Pacifics. We're just going to really talk about, um, both of these, uh, teams that I like to cover here, which is the Atlanta Falcons and the Georgia Southern Eagles. And can they talk, can they turn it around? How long will it be before they turn it around? Uh, I have no faith. I'm, I'm sorry. I have faith that they will, but it's just how long is this process this going to take how fast can it be you know is it going to be a, a three-year process for the Atlanta Falcons is it going to be a two-year process for the Georgia Southern Eagles or can they do it the next season uh, what what can actually happen in all of these uh uh these scenarios we're going to talk about it because there's going to be some moving of, of some players it's going to be some different faces that you're going to see at Georgia Southern um Atlanta is going to probably end up getting rid of Calvin Ridley and moving him on to another team uh the offensive line probably gonna have to be moved around a little bit probably not going to be playing as much uh probably gonna see a few new faces up there as well the defense I mean, it's just a lot of things with the falcons can change much more than the georgia southern eagles but then again when you look at the georgia southern eagles they went three and nine last year so you know they went three and nine so with that being said it's going to have to be some type of turnaround there and um the Falcons overachieved. They went ten and I'm sorry, they went seven and ten. Uh especially knowing what we know now and we saw the type of team and the receivers and offensive line we had. Um we probably had no been just winning seven games, but we did. And uh that was pretty cool, but uh that's not gonna cut it. We're gonna have to win at least at least three to four more games to be uh talked about in the conversation with the other teams and or playoffs. So uh that's that's just going to be the reality of it. So um we're going to get into both of those really shortly. Um if you have been following this content, I really appreciate it. If you haven't decided yet, uh go ahead and hit the subscribe button if you're on the YouTube side of things. Hey, even if you're listening to this on the podcast side of things, subscribe over there as well. Um so anytime when I Put up a new episode you'll be notified or it would download automatically for you depends on what type of settings you have um if you're over here on youtube like i said if you subscribe you know with that being said you'll get notified once i upload a video if you hit the notification bell also um share this uh content let people know in uh you know eagle nation let people know that uh that our falcons fans let them know what i'm doing over here because uh I, Every day I try to put out content for you guys Monday through Friday. So um, let's go ahead and get into it. First and foremost, before I get into the turnarounds or how fast can it be, um, 
Coach Helton and company, coach of Georgia Southern Eagles, they're chugging right along. They're at 49 counties now. Last week, um, well, not last week, but yesterday, I think they was at 23. And then now they jumped up to 49 in two days. So he said in two weeks, they're going to cover every county in the state. Well, they're at 49 in two days. So uh, this could be something that could have been done uh, in a week if they really wanted to push it. You know, if they really wanted to push it, they could have done this in a week instead of two because they're already at 49. So they're about at a, almost about 110 counties left. Um, it is Thursday. So between Thursday and Friday, they're probably, I'm guessing, uh, they'll probably hit 100 by the end of the week uh, or probably hit 100 by next Monday. Um, they're, they're doing really good. They, they probably may fall off and, and be a little lax on Friday, which is fine. I mean, nobody wants to do it too much hard work on Friday. But, uh, if they keep going to the pace they're going, they probably will end up hitting 100 by Friday or 100 by Monday. Um, great job. So 159 is definitely not uh, not out of the cards at all. I mean, they're they're just they're just moving right along. I am surprised when I look at this um, when I'm looking at this uh, this this graphic. I'm still surprised they haven't gone to Chatham County yet. They went to all the counties around Chatham County, which is pretty interesting <laughs> excuse me which is pretty interesting they didn't go to chatham county yet so um hmm let's uh, see how that goes all right nevertheless let's talk about the turnaround first and foremost i definitely want to talk about the falcons because i always talk about the falcons um last well i can say i always do i've been talking about the falcons last lately which um i haven't been putting them in the forefront but pretty much because it's been pretty slow you know, all of the, the uh, you know, the news is just basically talking about what George Southern's doing because around this time, usually, you know, it's just NFL playoffs. You don't really hear about the non-playoff teams do stuff uh, in college. If you pay attention, a lot of co- things going on in college, a lot of things going on in college. So uh, with the coaches and moving and shaking and people are going to different uh, places and uh, recruiting and transfer portal, which, you know, JT Daniels is officially – in the transfer portal now and people are still talking about this man may come to states bro look i'll be highly surprised highly surprised and i know i made a video about it months ago i'll be highly surprised if he comes to states bro like i i don't know it, it the stranger things happen but if he does i'll be like wow he, he he's really coming here you know what i mean but i don't know I, I i don't see it but nevertheless let's talk about let's talk about these falcons um First and foremost, seven and ten last year, well last season. Uh, how fast can they turn around? Um, I think with this Calvin Ridley trade, it, it's going to hinge off of that. And people going to be like, okay, why would it hinge off of this? Because the Falcons already have two second round picks. They have the first round pick in the top ten. Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, there's already rumors saying that um, Calvin Ridley may go to an AFC East team. And there's already rumors saying that he may go to the Jets. Look like the Jets may want him. Like they, they, they like really want him, want him. And if he doesn't go to the AFC East team, there's another rumor saying he may go to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, both of these teams have uh, first round picks. Obviously, I think the the Eagles got three, but the Jets aren't against. They're not against giving up that top ten pick. And I think the Jets have a. Uh, t- I think they're tenth overall, two picks behind the Falcons. Um, listen, 
this would be really, really interesting if uh, that was the case. Um, if the Falcons can get the 10th overall pick from the Jets, let's say, for instance, they get, you know, they, they trade Calvin Ridley and give up, like, let's say, one of the second round picks, their full first round pick for the top 10. That That's significant. Now the Falcons are going to be kicking with two first round picks in the top 10. And uh, you can turn things around like that. Now, I've been one of these guys, and, uh, and, and I'm going to have to eat crow. I'm going to have to eat crow when I say this. I've said this in the past. I said that there's no type of player, top 10, first round pick, that can change the dynamic of a, a team in one year. I've been on record saying that. And um, I, I want to sit and say I could be wrong with that. Because I'll tell you why. Um, there's plenty of players that came in the draft right away. And some of them haven't even been first-round picks. Changed the dynamic of a whole team. And I'm talking about just one player. Changed the dynamic of an entire team. Um, you can look at... Um, and, and this is an example not too many people really look at. Even though the team hasn't... Uh, uh, they they kind of underachieved. You look at the defense of the Washington Redskins. When they brought Chase Young in, it was a different team. You look at the Bosa brothers, when both of those guys came in, 49ers and, and Chargers respectively, they changed the dynamic of their team. Micah Parsons is another one, defensive player, changed the dynamic of the team. Patrick Mahomes, they moved all the way up. The Chiefs moved all the way up to get him, changed the dynamic of the team. And in some cases, these guys changed the dynamic of a team in one season. Now imagine the Falcons do this with two first-round picks. Not only two first-round picks, two top 10 picks. So if they can get, they don't necessarily have to get the picks from the Jets. Just say if they do get a first round pick for Calvin Ridley, there's a lot of talent here. There's a lot of talent here to the point where they can get um, two very good players. And even if they still keep the second one of their second round picks, which I'm pretty sure they probably will, if they keep both, they, if they keep one of the second round picks, they can get three good players, possibly like in the top forty. You can't ask for more than that. That is phenomenal. That that that'd be great, and um, it's one of the quickest ways that you can turn around this franchise because you can you can get play you can get players that are probably be ready to go right away. I said this last week. Well, last week I said this yesterday. I'm really big on the Kobe Dean. I I, I don't see how you uh. I don't see how you pass on him. I don't see how the Falcons pass on him, to be honest with you. Um, I know a lot of people are still talking about uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson is, a, is another good pass rusher. Um, they're talking about him as well. Uh, I can see them picking him up. Um, a lot of people saying that he's, uh, you know, surefire. You got to pick him or whatever the case may be. But I don't see picking Hutchinson over N'Kobe Dean. I just don't see it. Uh, I could be wrong. Also, they're saying there's a lot of other pass rushers in the draft that are going to be just as good. Um, this is a very deep and heavy uh, pass rushing uh, draft class. So um, I just don't know how that goes. But these two first round picks, you got to knock it out the park. If you do get, I mean, allegedly, if you do get both of them, um, even if you don't, um, whatever you do with this Calvin Ridley uh, pick, if you do trade for him on trade him away and get uh, a draft pick for him, you got to get something 
big time because not just because of his Calvin really it's just that you need to turn this team around you need to find a way to turn this team around and it's going to have to start in the draft um I do like the fact that Terry Fontenot and 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 Arthur Smith already taking the reign of saying we want to get the best player available they're not trying to you know uh, pick up needs in the draft. They're trying to pick up needs throughout the free throughout free agency, which is a, not a bad strategy. I like that strategy actually. For you to sit here and say, "Hey, we're going to go ahead and we're going to go ahead and get um, our needs for the veterans that are out there." So the needs, those guys already know what they're doing to come in. So we don't have to have our rookies come in to be the need and uh, have them try to do more than what they probably need to do. Case in point, you look at Jalen Mayfield. He was a need. They put him out there, and yeah, after a while, he got a little bit better, but it was a nightmare season for him because he was thrown into a situation where they needed him to do something. <clears throat> it wasn't more of like, okay, uh, let's say a Richie Grant situation where he could continue to watch and learn and get plugged in every now and then to play and um, get a little bit of experience. Now, Jalen Mayfield was just thrown out there, and um, it showed. First few games, he was like, oh, man. Then there were some games he did pretty good. Then there were some games where he backslide. I mean, it you saw the ebb and flows of a rookie starting out, and that's just what happened. Um, it's going to happen that way with any rookie, but when you're put in a situation where you're needed to do something, it could be very rough. Now, there's one of the reasons why um, – you if you want to get the best player available and you want these guys to just say hey go out there and play we don't need you to do much just go out there and show off your talents if you could get that in the first few picks with the best player available instead of picking a need that's where you can see some really really good results i mean i think michael parsons was one of those types um chase young like i said the bosa brothers uh you had other players that went out and say hey look we need you just to be good and when that was the case, that's what happened. So therefore, this is what needed to be done. I really feel that um, if we can get that together, that will be very, 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 uh, that will be very, very uh, um, important for the Falcons. If you like this content, hit the like button. Go ahead and share this. Let people know what I'm doing over here. Also, if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, uh, subscribe to the podcast avenue as well. Um, thank you guys for the support. You guys are great. Um, don't have much else to say on the Falcon situation. I just feel like those are the things that we're going to have to do if we want to turn it around for the Falcons. Now, let's jump over to the Georgia Southern Eagles before we wrap this up. The Georgia Southern Eagles is already on um, on a tear right now when it comes to recruiting, picking up players, uh, transfer portal is in, in, in effect. Uh, you also have the coaching staff is here. Um, I think I think the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons. I think Georgia Southern Eagles is going to end up turning this thing around in one season, and um, I, I I I just it, it just seems that way. It just seems like the 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 Georgia Southern Eagles is already trying to put something together to have a winning culture and um, a winning program once again. Three and nine last year. You already know what happened. Whole situation with Gavin Adcock on the bus that contributed to so many things negative wise. Um, Coach Chad Lunsford was uh, was uh, was uh, let go. Um, it was just so much that has that has happened in that situation to where uh, it was just a lot of turmoil. 
Coach Kevin Whitley came in as interim coach, did the best that he could. Uh, end up, um, you know, the team, I ain't going to say the team spiraled out of control. It's just that you saw what was on display with the offensive-defensive coordinator. And those type of things just did not uh, work out too well. Um, Coach Whitley could do only but so much. He was basically thrown in a situation to where it was um it, it was very hard to succeed. Now, with that being said, Coach Whitley is still on the staff, which is is very very um very very uh strategic by uh Coach um uh Coach Helton, getting him with that Georgia uh with that Georgia uh connection where he can still you know, have his hands into recruiting and getting players ready to, to, to come to the school. And he knows the high schools in the, in the, in the, uh, in the Georgia area. So really good to keep him. You bring in other guys in from Washington, you bring in a running backs coach from Tennessee, you bring in a, a wide receivers coach from Hawaii, bringing some guys in from Western Kentucky. You, you brought in a lot of guys in, a lot of guys in here ready to go. And uh special team guys from the Citadel, I think we got some guys here that's really going to make things, uh, you know, look really, really nice for Georgia Southern. Um, we end up getting a few quarterbacks, got the quarterback transfer from Buffalo. People are still thinking that we're going to get JT Daniels. I, like I said, I don't know. We talked about this earlier. I don't know if that's going to be the case. It would be, it would be different. It would be highly surprising, but um, I'm not really sure. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I, the, the only, you know what? Let's let's back this up for a second. Let's back this up for a second. Let's, let's really think about this. I don't think JT Daniels is on his last year eligibility. Cal Vantrese is. Does Cal Vantrese come in and play this year? JT Daniels comes in to transfer. Let's say if he does, sits a year, plays next year for the Eagles. Cause he still, I think he still had like two years of eligibility. I don't think he has. I don't think this is his last year eligibility. Just something to think about, right there. It, it that's just something that I'm not. I, I'm not sure. I, I doubt it if if if, if JT is going to come in to transfer in city year. I I just don't see that. But this is not his last year to say, hey, I have to play because it's my last. I don't think that's the case. I think he still has another year after next year so if calvin trees does play next year does jt daniels come in behind him i just I, I don't see it but i'm just putting the scenario out there i'm not really sure but um this is something to think about but nevertheless you look at all the guys that are coming back we talked about this on an episode earlier this week where we had all these guys from um you know, all these veterans, all these seniors, all these guys using their last year eligibility, all the, the, the defensive guys, the Justin Ellis's, the, the, you know, the Todd Bradley Glenn's, the, the, um, Dylan Springer, uh, um, Amari Jones, um, JD King, uh, Najee Thompson's coming. I think Najee Thompson has two years left. Um, you know, Justin Birdsong, you got a lot of guys that has a lot of experience coming back. Um, that's going to be huge, you know, on top of everything that's is going on. So I think the, as fast as George Southern gets turned around, I think this is going to be a situation where I said this a while back that they could win at least eight games. I'm starting to think it's probably going to be more than that. 
I think it's a possibility it's going to be more than that. You know, the UAB, which UAB is actually interesting because there's just word that um, Reynard Ellis, the former Georgia Southern Eagle, has transferred to uh, UAB. So that's that's interesting. UAB is a pretty good program, and that's going to be a tough game. So we do play UAB, and we play Nebraska, we play Ball State. I know those are like the first games that I know of. You know, we got all the conference games coming in. And I think with James Madison and and you got Marshall and all of them coming, I think they're coming in this season. So we may have some of them guys on the schedule. Well. I'm not sure. But um, it's going to be a very fun season in the Sun Belt, you know, if those guys are coming in. And Georgia Southern with this big turnaround, it's going to be really, really fun to see. Um, I I think they're gonna jump from three and nine to probably uh, dare I say maybe nine and three, maybe ten and two. I I mean it, it's possible, man. You look at this team and the way they're set up, and I'm not trying to hype them, but this team just already looks ton, ten times better than they did last year. They already look ten times better. The players that was here last year look like they're ready to go. So um, I can't wait to see how this plays out. I'm 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 pretty much ready to see how this goes and um hopefully that it all plays out the way it, it, it would um it, it just looks like that coach helton and company is really really ready to get this going as far as the falcons go the falcons just need to get the right personnel in here and get those guys ready to go because with um with what they have they don't have a a, a very bad team they don't have a team that's just not as good. And you get a few players here and there, I think that will change. And we'll see how that all plays out. So um, we'll see how it goes. That's going to be the end of episode 268 of the First and Frame Rate Show. I'm VF Baller. Over here we talk about Georgia Southern football and Atlanta Falcons football. How fast both teams can turn this around. Um, I'm going to give you a final verdict real quick. Uh, I think Atlanta probably have another year under their belt to do so. Even if they do get, they knock it out of the park, you still got a lot of competition in the NFL. I think they will get better. To But what I mean by turning around for the Falcons, for them to be, you know, 11, 12, 10 um, team, win team season uh, type of team. So um, I think they're going to have another year under their belt to try to work that out. But that doesn't mean they can't have a successful season next year. But to have that type of, uh, consistency probably gonna be another year before they get everything together as far as georgia southern those guys move so fast you look what they're doing with the with the uh with the recruiting 49 states i mean 49 states 49 counties in the state of georgia already they're trying to get all the talent out of the state of georgia that they can to continue to build what georgia southern already have and um i think that um you know they already turned it around i just need to see it on the field and um these guys could probably be having double-digit wins within, you know, starting next year. That's just that's just my opinion. And the way that it's set up, it's like it's set up for it. The only thing that they could do is hurt themselves at this point. But we got a lot of time until the season starts. But it looks like that's going to be the case, uh, in my opinion. Um, I am a little bit biased. All right, y'all. I will see you guys on the next one. Like, subscribe, and, and uh, share. Uh, if you don't mind on the YouTube side, give me five stars on the podcast avenue and subscribe over there and let people know what I'm doing over there as well. All right, y'all. I'll see you guys on the next one. You guys have a great morning. You guys be blessed. All right, y'all.
Peace.